The title of this message is called Being a Care Catcher. Being a Care Catcher. And I'm going to tell you what that means as I share this word with you today. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 says this, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who enlivens the word into our hearts and into our lives. We pray, God, that you would do your work as you always do. And, Father, where we fall short because we're, we're broken and we're human and we're not all there, Lord, you more than make up the difference, God. So, Holy Spirit, this is your service. This is your church, Jesus. This is your work being done. And Just do your thing, Lord, and we submit to you in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. I like that cast. I like that word cast. It's like you're just throwing it on him, right? The, the burdens, the difficulties, the challenges that you have, you're just throwing them on to Jesus. What a wonderful thing that is. And there are ways that we're familiar with where we cast our cares upon the Lord. One of the ways we cast our cares upon the Lord is that we pray and we talk to God about the problems that we're having. How many of you take your problems to the Lord in prayer? Come on. If you don't, you ought to be. And it shouldn't be the last thing you do. It ought to be the first thing you do. Praise God. Another thing we do is we adjust our thoughts. You know, when we have a problem, we pray about it, and we know, you know what, I need to adjust my thoughts. Maybe I've been thinking negatively and dwelling on the wrong things, and so we go to scriptures that tell us, uh, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Or if there be anything praiseworthy or good or holy, then think on these things. And so we can adjust our thoughts, and that's one way, uh, another way that we can cast our cares upon the Lord. We can adjust our mouths, and some of us need to do that, amen, more often, you know, uh, and speak the word instead of speaking the way things are. You know, I've always said that uh, there are a lot of people who like to tell you how things are, especially when things are bad. They like to come and tell you how bad things are. Uh, and, you know, it's like you run out of gas, and somebody pulls over and says, uh, you're out of gas? Well, yeah, you know, any dummy can... Any dummy can figure out what's wrong, right? But to speak the word in bad situations is something that we can do to change our situation, to cast our problems onto God. We can change our, our thoughts. We can pray. We can speak the word. We can reach that beautiful place where we submit to his will, where in all of our situations we stop saying, God, I want it this way, and we finally say to God, God, whatever you want is okay with me. And let me tell you a little secret that I have learned over the years, that God almost never gives me anything that I want until I reach that place. Until I finally say, God, it really doesn't matter if I get what I want. Just whatever you want is fine with me, and then boom, all of a sudden, what I wanted comes my way. We can also obey him, like when he speaks to us and tells us what to do. We can follow his word and obey his instructions and listen to what the Bible says. And these are all ways that when we have a problem, we can look to Jesus and cast our cares upon him. But that's not really my sermon today, because there is another way to cast your cares upon the Lord that we often overlook. Maybe you've never even thought of, and it's unfortunate because it is one of the most powerful ways that you can cast your care upon the Lord. And I'm going to read to you in Matthew chapter 25, 34 through 40. It says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, 
Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these my brethren of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. I want you to notice in this little story Jesus tells, there are two people besides him, two types or groups of people besides Jesus in this story. There are the people who are in prison, who are sick, who are naked, who are having a problem, who are hungry, who are thirsty. And then there are the people who feed them, who give them water, who clothe them, who visit them in the prison in their sickness and come and minister to them. And, and I want you to know today that God has called us as the body of Christ to represent him in the world and to do his work in the world. So one of the ways that we can cast our cares upon the Lord is to share our burdens with one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? is to share our burdens with one another. Now, I know what some people are thinking. There, Some people might be thinking, I don't want anybody else's burdens. I got burdens of my own, and I do want, not want to uh, deal with their problems. And then others may be thinking, thank God, finally I can get my burdens and just put them off on somebody else, and they can be their problem. And, and it's really not either one of those, and it's both of those at the same time. But the truth is the church is a family. It's not like your natural family. You're not in my will. I'm probably not going to buy you a Christmas present. <laughs> uh, and, 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 but my family, they're my biological family. There's a, there's a God-given closeness and design for my biological family. But there's also a design for the church family, the local assembly of believers that are in covenant together, that care for one another, that look out for one another. And that's what I want you to get today is that we as the church are not like going to a movie theater where you go into a movie theater and you sit down next to people you don't know and you don't really care about and you listen to the movie that's up on the stage and you get something out of it and then you just go home and you don't really even have any connection to the people around you. No, the church is supposed to be a family that cares for one another. Amen. That looks out for one another. I'm going to read to you some scriptures that just get this in your spirit. Let this sink in as a member of Austin Alive Church. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Tolerance for one another in love. Being diligent to persevere in the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord. We all have one faith, one baptism, one God and the father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We share those things in common. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another. 
church folk can be mean. I know I'm not talking to you. It's somebody else. Don't point, but it's somebody else, right? Uh, church folk can be mean. Did you know that? Church folk can be hard on one another, but tender with one another, forgiving each other. Do you know that there are times if you're a part of a local assembly of believers that you're going to have to forgive somebody and you're going to need to be forgiven yourself. You're going to do things. You're going to say things that you don't even intend to hurt somebody else because you don't know how they receive it or what they're going through at the moment. And it's important that you understand that if you're going to be a part of a local assembly, you've got to be kind to each other, forgive each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. James 5, 13 through 16, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is any among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Notice it doesn't say gossip about one another or judge one another. It says pray for one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest. Did you catch that? But also for the interest of others. Galatians 1, uh, 6, 1 through 2. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourselves so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Church, I'm here to tell you today that it is God's design that we belong to a local group of people that know you, care about you, uh, can, can go after you when you've been missing, can love on you when you're hurt, uh, can look in your eyes and see that something's wrong from time to time, has your phone number and knows something about you. God doesn't make Lone Ranger Christians. You're not born uh, into a single unit. You're born into a family. Amen. And we are connected as the family of God. And we are designed to care for each other, but also to allow others to care for us. Have you hearing me today? God has called us to bear the burdens of others. Now, let me talk about what it means to bear the burdens of others. You got to care about others. It's not like going to the movies where you just sit in a seat and you don't care about who's next to you. You're supposed to care about the people in your church and love on them and, 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 and care enough to get involved in their life if necessary. You have to make yourself available to others. If you can never answer the phone or you never have time or you're always too busy or, or you, you're waiting for the moment where you have nothing that you want to do first, it'll never happen and you're never available to them. When you're bearing the burdens of others, if they come to you and they share something, don't judge them. It's, it's what I learned years ago in leadership. When, when someone comes to the pastor and tells you something they're going through, never go. That You don't get to make that reaction. Don't be surprised. Don't go, oh, you did what? 
because you know what? You've made mistakes yourself, Mylon Avery. Come on. There's been plenty of times where God could have made that face at me and, or my guardian angel. You know, he rolls his eyes a lot because of the way I act. And uh, that's just how it is. So when somebody shares something with you, don't judge them. Remember what God delivered you from. And in one of these scriptures, uh, we're even instructed, watch out for your own self. And don't judge others because you're going to be tempted in the same way. And be careful you don't put someone else down. You might find yourself in the same position. If someone comes to you bearing uh, a burden and wanting to share their burden with you, keep confidence. Don't go around telling everybody. Do you all know how gossip starts in the church? It starts by, we need to pray for blah, 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 blah. We need to pray for sister. Did you know about sister blah, blah, blah? Because we need to pray for what she had or did or is going through or something like that. Uh, we got to be careful that when someone tells us something, even if they don't tell you not to tell somebody else, don't tell anybody else unless you ask their permission. They are confiding in you as a brother and sister in Christ, and it is your job to keep it to yourself, amen? Keep it between you and God. When you're helping bear the burden of someone else, pray. Pray for them. Pray with them. Prayer matters. Prayer impacts things. It changes things in our lives. I truly believe that the people around our lives are doing worse than they could be doing because we don't pray more than we do. That if we just prayed for these situations, prayed for our coworkers, prayed for our relatives, prayed for our neighbors, prayed for our husbands and our wives, that things would change and their lives would be better. Pray for them and with them. If you think you're going to forget when they ask for prayer, pray right now. Stop in that moment and pray for them right now. Or make yourself a note or a notice on your phone or something to remind you to pray for them. And intercede for them. When someone comes to you with a burden, they may be under the attack of the enemy, and they might need for you to intercede for them. That might involve praying and rebuking the enemy in their lives. It might involve you encouraging them or speaking a word into their life from time to time or checking on them. But it is having the mindset that my brother or sister in Christ is under attack right now, and I am going to stand in the gap with them. I'm going to hold them up when they are weak, and I'm going to help them have faith when doubt comes into their minds. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to intercede for them. Encourage them. When someone comes to you with a difficulty, lift them up. Encourage them in the Lord. Don't try to outdo them. They come to you and they say, you know, I'm having really bad financial problems. Oh, you think you're having problems. You ought to hear about my problems. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest ways to get your mind off your own problems is to help somebody else with theirs. One of the greatest ways that God will answer your needs is when you start uh, focusing your attention on the needs of others. I can promise you that. Encourage them. Lift them up. Say words that are encouraging to them. If you've got bad thoughts in your head, you know what you can do with your mouth? You cannot say them. It's that simple. God gave you a filter. Sometimes you need to take it out and wash it with a word so it, you know, it works correctly. But like you, God gave you a filter so you don't have to say everything that comes into your brain. Amen? And, and like, you know, people say, well, I just have to say, I just say what's on my mind. And they, they take pride in that mentality. Can I tell you, that's not biblical for you to say, I just say whatever's on my mind and it don't matter who it hurts. I'm just honest and I just say how it is. You know, even Jesus found a time to open not his mouth, it says. 
Amen. Sometimes you don't need to speak whatever comes in your mind. It's not the word. It's not positive. It's not faith. It's not good. It's not productive. And it's going to do something bad. So, so maybe just don't say it at all. Instead, say what's encouraging. Say what the word says. Say what God wants you to say. Just be there and encourage them. And finally, if you're going to help others, actually help them. Paul said, you know, if you find a brother who's hungry and you just pat him on the back and pray for him and say, in the name of Jesus, be fed, uh, does that actually feed his hunger? No. Let me tell you a little secret. You, it's never an excuse to not do what's practical simply because God can do the miraculous. In other words, it's like this. God could miraculously send you money so that you don't have to work. It's better that you just do the practical thing and go to work. Come on. God could protect you miraculously. That doesn't mean you shouldn't lock your doors at night. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And sometimes people need more or something different than a miracle. They need something practical, like a little bit of gas money or just someone to be there with them when they go to the doctor. Or just someone to speak some kind of encouraging word to them. Can I tell you something today? Some of the greatest things that you can do are so simple. Have you ever been someone that gave somebody $5? Did you ever give somebody $5? Didn't seem like much, did it? Have you ever been somebody that had no gas or no food and somebody gave you $5? That $5 seemed like a whole lot when you don't have no gas to get to work, doesn't it? Can I tell you something? You may not think what you're doing is much, but I promise you, it is ministering to people and helping them. Sometimes we just got to stop thinking about ourselves and just do what's practical and actually help our neighbor. So when you look around the people at church, know that God has called you to bear one another's burdens, to look out for each other, to care about each other, to lift each other up, to hold each other. And I would say to you out there, if you're watching online, and you don't have a church family, then you're missing out. Sometimes I wonder what people do who don't have a church family and, and who's going to visit you in the hospital. Who's going to pray for you when you have a need? Who's going to take an offering or a, a gather some resources up when you're going through a difficulty? Who's going to do your wedding and preach funerals? Who's going to be there for you in the difficulties of your life? Who's going to celebrate the victories that you have when you've got church folks around you that love you and will be there with you? I'm telling you, they will be with you through it all thick and thin. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing. We are to bear the burdens of others. But now I'm going to, I'm really going to hit you because this is going to be hard. Not only are you to bear the burdens of others, but you're to share your burdens with others. You're not going to like this one, are you? Because we don't want to share what's going on in our lives. We want to, everyone to think we got it together. And we don't want to share what's going on. I have a friend who passed away from cancer a few months back, and uh, he's a pastor, and he's in another city. I don't see him all the time or very often, and he, he was diagnosed, and I only found out about it uh, because someone told me, and then they said, well, he doesn't want anyone to know, so don't tell anyone, and, and I'm, I thought that was just the strangest thing for a Christian to say. How are other people going to bear your burden if you won't let them know what you're going through? If you believe that two or three, come on, agree is touching any one thing and it shall be done, but you won't tell anybody, 
You won't share your heart. How do you expect God to work through that scripture in your life? Sometimes I share what I'm going through and ask for prayer, not just because I know your prayers are going to help me get better because I know that. But you know what it is? When you pray for someone and God does a miracle in your life, don't you feel like you were a part of their answer? Isn't it wonderful? Like when we prayed for somebody and we tried to help somebody and we were with them and stood and they made it through. And at the end, you're like, man, they didn't just go through that alone. We all went through that together. If they had not told you, you would have never known and they would have carried it alone. You got to learn to share your burdens with others. Now, when you're sharing your burdens with others, be selective. You know, um, you don't have to come into church every Sunday and say, listen up. These are the problems I have this week. Uh, you might select which problems you share, how often you share them. You should select who you share them with. Some of them you might want to share to everybody and we can all pray for a situation or a thing you're going through. Some you might just want to talk to an individual that you trust and, and you can just have somebody there to carry the burden and help you with it. Be selective. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. But you're going to have to be vulnerable too. You're going to have to let people see that you don't have it all together. That you do get attacked by the enemy. That you do get sickness and you do have financial problems and your marriage isn't perfect and your kids aren't doing what you'd like for them to do. Or that all of the stuff going on in your life is starting to get to you and you're feeling the pressure of it all. We don't like people to know that. Like what we do on Sunday morning is we get in front of the mirror and we make ourselves look really good, don't we? Nobody gets in front of the mirror on Sunday morning and says, you know what? My hair's too pretty. I need to mess it up. My clothes are, are straight. I need to wrinkle them up. Uh, my eyes are nice and clear. I need to make them bloodshot. Nobody makes himself look bad before they come to church. We make ourselves look good. And not only we do that in the physical, we do that in the spiritual, in the, in a, the presentation of our lives, don't we? we? We act like everything is okay all the time because we're trying to not be vulnerable. Because when we're vulnerable, when we open our hearts and allow others in to love us, we could get hurt, kidding. And, and, and church hurt is a real thing. But you know why church hurt's a real thing? Because people hurt people. That's what we do. We're not perfect. And listen, you're going to hurt somebody from time to time, and they're going to hurt you. That's why, once again, we need forgiveness in the church, to, to care enough about one another and be dedicated to the unity of the spirit enough that we don't go running away upset every time somebody hurts our feelings. Are you hearing me? But you're going to have to tear down the wall that protects you from hurt so people can actually get into your life to help you. What if God's answer for you isn't a miracle? What if it's the person sitting in the row next to you? Come on. If you're going to share your burdens with others, you're going to have to be vulnerable and you're going to have to be honest. Be real about your life and your situation. You know, you know what? Uh, in the spiritual realm, what church really should look like is like Jesus on high and the rest of us on our knees. And I know we, we have these levels in our brain like, well, there's sister so-and-so. I'm down here and she's up here and then there's the pastor up here and there's a, there's a bishop up here, whatever it is in your mind. The truth is that's not even the way it really is. It's just all of us on our knees before a holy God saying, Lord, 
God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come. All of us broken and in need. And if we're honest about it, then what we have is not people who are judging each other, but people who have all come to the same altar, knelt at the same place in the spirit realm and said, all of us need Jesus. All of us need Jesus. Being a Christian isn't telling the world I've got it all together or I've decided to live better than you. Being a Christian is saying to the world, to yourself and to God Almighty that I am so messed up. There's no way I could ever save myself. And so I am turning to Jesus Christ to save me. Can you say amen today? You got to be honest. And listen, if you share your burdens with others, you're going to have to be forgiving as well. well. One of the things I'm not really great at sometimes is reactions. Some people don't like my reactions sometimes. They think I, they want me to cry or... Um, I've had several people who told me they were leaving the church over the years, over the last 30 years. You know, we're leaving the church and we're moving on. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm sad to see you go. But we're praying for you and wish you God's best. And then, uh, you know, later on, I get an email or a text and it's like, you act like you didn't even care. Well, no, I care. But I mean, like the church is going to go on. You're God's ch- If God's leading you in that direction, why would I want to cry to God? Hey, don't do what you want to do. God, I mean, I don't understand. But sometimes... People are going to give you a reaction that maybe hurts your feelings, or they're going to say something to you that maybe hurts your feelings, Uh, and you have a choice in that moment. You can either get upset or you can forgive. You can realize that maybe they had good intentions and they just missed the mark. I had a good friend who years ago, she was a young adult. We were young adults. Kathy and I were married, but she had a boyfriend in the church and wasn't married. And she came to me after church, and she said, the, another woman came up to her while she was at the altar, put her arm around her, and whispered in her ear a prayer. Dear Lord, forgive this girl for sleeping with her boyfriend. But she had never slept with her boyfriend. Ding dong. You know, in that moment you have a choice. You can get mad and run away to the next church where somebody's going to hurt you again. Or you can forgive. You can forgive. Every family has problems, including the church family. And I want to encourage you. When you have a true born-again experience and you're committed to the Lord, you don't run away because you got mad. You never quit because you got mad. Let me tell you something. It's just like your job. You don't quit your job because you had an emotional day. That is the dumbest thing you can do. You quit your job because you prayed about it. You talked to the Lord. You got another job lined up. You made a rational decision, and then you put your notice in or whatever. But it's never a good idea to do something on emotion. So many people will leave the family of God because they had a bad experience. And I'm telling you, forgiveness is good for you. It's going to help you move forward and grow in Christ. If you're going to share your burdens with others, you're going to have to be thankful That someone wants to help you. Be truly thankful that someone wants to step in and do something for you and be with you and care about you. And finally today, if you're going to share your burdens with others, share the victories as well as the battles. Don't just tell them about the bad things you're going through and ask for help. Tell them how God lifted you up. That's why the Bible says to share your testimony. We're made overcomers by the word of our testimony. Can I tell you something? It isn't just that the person testifying is made an overcomer by his testimony. It's that all of us are made overcomers when you talk about how you had a problem and how the body of Christ helped you and amazing things happened 
happened, and we can all just celebrate together what God has done in your life. Can you say praise the Lord today? I want you to know that most Christians in church want you to do well. They're happy when you get a new home. They're happy when you get a new job. They're happy when you get a good doctor's report. They're happy when you're financially blessed. They are happy when you get the boyfriend you've been looking for or the wife you've been looking for. They are tickle pink for you when you get a new haircut you really love. Most Christians feel good about you doing well in, their, in your life. And you know what? You ought to share that with everybody and let us celebrate the victories that go on in our lives. If there's anything I'm convinced of as a body here at Austin Live Church is that we need to share with each other more, love each other more, look out for each other more, carry each other's burdens more. Because there's some of you I know today, I'm going to leave with this thought, there's some of you I know today, not because you told me, but because the Holy Spirit told me, that you're carrying stuff you're not sharing with somebody else, and it's weighing you down. And you think you can stand alone, but you were never meant to stand alone. You were meant to stand with us. You were meant to let us help you, pray for you, and encourage you. And so we've got to get to the point where we're open enough to we can go to people who love us, be selective about it, but be open and honest and say, I need you to pray for me. I'm really stressed right now. I'm really hurting right now. I'm really having a challenging time financially. I'm really having a difficult time in my marriage. And I need you to pray for me. Or maybe just have a coffee with me and I can, maybe we can just talk or something. We've got to be willing to open up ourselves and allow other people to cast their cares upon us. What I mean by a care catcher is are you willing to catch the burdens that somebody casts upon the Lord. You know, one of the greatest ways that we can cast our cares upon the Lord is to share it with somebody else who represents Jesus. And see, Jesus is not going to come down off the right hand of God to catch your cares here on earth. He's going to send Pastor Harold Cain to minister to you. The, whole, the same Holy Spirit that lives in Harold Cain lives in Allison. He's going to send Allison. She's going to make a phone call and talk to you. And, and, and they're going to represent Jesus. We're going to represent Christ. And we're going to do everything we can to love on you and to help you. That's what being a part of a church body is about. That we care about one another. We are, we are at the table in God's household. And there's always room for one more person at the table. Amen. And no matter what kind of burdens or or difficulties or challenges they bring, we welcome them into the family. What your problems are are my problems. And what my problems are, they become your problems as we share and we care about one another. Father, I thank you for these people that are here today. This is the family of God. And Lord, you know we're living in a time where so many people are running away from being committed to a church body. They want to be a part of the body of Christ, but they want to just kind of hang out and do whatever they want. And I, I pray that you help them see what they're missing and how important it is, how good it is to not only be uh, accountable to one another, but responsible for one another. Lord, I thank you that when I go through a problem, I don't go through it alone because you're with me. Not only are you with me, but my brothers and sisters in Christ are with me. 
Just the other day, Lord, my wife wasn't feeling well, and I, I posted on Facebook for people to pray, and a hundred and something people responded in the next day or two that they were praying for her. And, of course, you always did what you do, and you helped her, and you blessed her, and you brought her through. And I'm so grateful for that, Lord, that when, then, that when I, have, I have a church body, God, and because I do, I can call upon them, and they will intercede for our needs. They will bear our burdens. They will lift us up, Lord. I know if I told them I needed money, they'd take an offering. I know if I told them I was in the hospital, some would come and visit me. Some would call. I know if I didn't have clothes, they would go out and they would find clothes and bring them to me, Lord. And I thank you so much for each and every one of them, God. And I want to be one of them too, Lord, that bears the burdens of my brother and sister in Christ. Don't let me have the heart that says, that's not my problem, God. I don't want to be like Cain who said, am I my brother's keeper, Lord? I want to be someone who says, Lord, I am my brother's keeper. I am responsible for him. I will go after him. I will lift him up. He's not a burden to me. He's my brother. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that that spirit dwell in our church, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, amen.